You're listening to Confessions of the Creative Kind with Jess Kovic, episode number 44. Welcome to Confessions of the Creative Kind. I'm your host, Jess Kovic, media producer by day, designer, photographer, and creative entrepreneur by later that day. Join me as I stumble through life as an artist, pick myself up, and confess everything that I've learned on the way down. Y'all ready for this? Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. We've got an exciting topic to share for all of you online store owners, we're going to talk about sales tax. I know you're so excited. But before we do, a couple of things, a couple of announcements. Announcement the first, and it leads into my goals update for the week, and that has to do with my online store, which I collect sales tax. See, we're tying it all back together. But for my online store and my design store brand, Sugar Bunch, My very first event that I'll be doing this year is popping off on March 19th in the evening. I think I've mentioned it a little bit before, but we're getting close. It's getting real. It's with Art and Beer, my buddies with Art and Beer, that I've done several events with them over the last year, and this is going to be the first one for this year. If you've been paying attention or following along, or if you've attended one of the events in the past, We used to do it at a brewery in downtown LA that is no longer in existence, RIP, but now we're going to be at the Boomtown Brewery, and it's going to be on a Thursday night. It's a ticketed event, so I will put the link to how you can purchase tickets ahead of time. You get a little bit of a discount if you purchase ahead of time versus buying a ticket at the door. And there's going to be lots of other vendors, live music all night, and it's a bar, so you can have a drink, why not? But I'm going to be there. I'm going to be slinging my Sugar Bunch merchandise, the new shirts that I've been talking to y'all about on this podcast. So if you're in the LA area on Thursday, March 19th, I believe it's 7 p.m. to 12 p.m., come out and see me and hang out. It's a fun night. I love doing these events with alternative events. So look out for more posts about it on the Instagram at sugar underscore bunch. And check out the show notes for all the information on how you can attend and purchase tickets. So it's about to go down. It's going to get started with events again this year. If you remember, I took a little bit of a break and slowed down, but it is time to get back into the swing of things. This is a local event for me, and it's only one night, so it should be not too too taxing. Taxing. I keep talking about the taxes. The fingers thing mean the taxes. We'll get there. Don't worry. Secondly, as far as updates go, I'll be starting... The immersion course, not the week that you're hearing this as it comes out, but the following week. So get ready for more updates on that. That's for the surface pattern design goal of things for 2020. On the music front, I have learned or been told by my music teacher a little tip because I've been working on that Simpsons theme on the piano that I've been pushing down on the keys pretty hard and there's some runs within the song that I need to tighten up. So I've been working on that. I think I shared that last week. But in order to do that, I'm I'm needing to do a bit more of a light touch on the keys so I can more quickly move over to the next one so I can speed that run up. The good news is I'm getting better at that. I've been practicing specifically those runs and I'm getting faster. My fingers are getting faster. However, because I've been practicing that part specifically, 
I have lost my timing on the whole rest of the song that I thought I knew. It used to be I could get up to a certain point the whole way through, but it was all just very slow and not the right time. Now the runs are getting quicker, but I'm my hands are not in time with my mind and my practice and the rest of me. I liken it to if you are familiar with the Adams family thing, that hand that is just a severed hand that walks around with a mind of its own. That's what my hands feel like. And they're just trotting all over the keys and I cannot keep up with it. I feel a little bit like I'm starting over, but nonetheless, trusting this is part of the process and I'm going to keep practicing. And a very exciting announcement regarding this podcast. I just booked a guest this week that we'll be recording in a couple of weeks. So it'll be a little bit before you get to hear the new guest on the show, but trust that I'm keeping up with my promise and goal of getting more people on. And I'm really excited about this one. It's an artist I've been following for a while. So I will share the info on that as it gets closer. And the last little update is about my drawing prompts. I caught up a bit this week. I was behind by three designs. I've caught up on two. I owe y'all a burger design, but the last two weeks where the prompt was Lincoln and then C, those are up on my design portfolio Instagram account at Jess Designs. So go check those out. Burger will happen this week. And hopefully I'm going to try my best to get this week's prompt done before the following podcast before we get a new prompt into the mix so I don't fall too behind again. And that prompt is going to be specific to my Flourish tribe that gives a challenge every month for a design. So I'm plucking February's challenge and making that my prompt this week. And that challenge was all about drawing a favorite memory or doing a design inspired by a favorite memory. So my specific memory is going to be about the fictional band that my dad and my sister and I were going to have years and years ago when I was a kid, my dad and my sister and I would imagine that we had a band and my dad came up with the band name Peppered Spaghetti and the Meatballs. And that was our band. And we were going to rock out as Peppered Spaghetti and the Meatballs. So, so as a tribute to my dad, I'm going to be drawing that memory, my peppered spaghetti and the meatballs. So your word, your prompt, if you choose to follow along is spaghetti. And again, be as creative as you want to be. Interpret that as wildly as you would like. The more creative, the better. And I want to do a special shout out to my friend, Larry Law, who's been a guest on this podcast before, who has been consistently more on top of it than I have been following along on the prompts and has some amazing art that has come out of it. One of the most creative designs I've seen in a while for my burger prompt, he has a skull burger, which is really cool. And please go take a look and follow his Instagram at Wormwood, W-O-R-M-W-O-O-D. And you can see all of the designs that he's been doing for these prompts. And I think you all should join us because Larry's killing it. Okay. You have your updates. You have your prompt. Go forth. And now let's talk about the taxes. It is 100% not the most fun topic. In fact, thinking about taxes, thinking about math in general makes me want to tear all of my hairs out one by one. That's what I'd rather be doing than doing taxes, but it's a necessary part of the beast of the business. And 
It's something that I've had to do for the past three years when I've had my online store. So if you are an entrepreneur and you have a store or you sell things in any capacity, you will have to deal with this. So I hope that this is going to be helpful for a lot of people just talking through my experience with collecting sales tax and then having to pay the sales tax at the end of the year or the start of the next year. I will preface by saying that I am not a CPA, a certified public accountant. I'm just an entrepreneur who has my online business and I've had to figure out my own sales tax. So I'm not an expert, just sharing my opinion and my experience. And with that said, I highly recommend that you all work with a CPA and get someone that knows what they're talking about to do your taxes at the end of the year. To do your taxes at the end of the year, especially if you're a freelance artist and you're doing a 1099 where you itemize and you write out all of the things that you've spent, all of your expenses, and break it down so you can get those write-offs because you do not want to be in a situation where you do something wrong or don't pay the right taxes and it comes after you or your business. So let's go back to the beginning of my Sugar Bunch store, my online store about almost three years ago. So I started the store online. That's before I had any physical presence anywhere, before I went into any conventions or craft shows, I established my online store. I did that through Printful, the third-party dropshipping company, where I uploaded a design onto a product and they would take care of the manufacturing and the shipping for me. If, like me, you are a California resident and you're used to paying sales tax, it might not come as a surprise that you would be collecting sales tax as a California seller. And to do this, to start any store, the first thing you have to do is get a seller's permit and wherever you're located. For me, it's California. So it's relatively easy to do and did not cost anything for me. You just have to apply. You can Google the website and um, whatever state you're in, just follow those, follow their criteria and you can register and you get your, your, your permit, your account number so that you can start charging for your products and send them out and you charge sales tax when you need to. And at the end of the year, you're expected to pay that sales tax that you've been collecting from all your customers. So I did that and it wasn't too complicated. It's just paperwork and you have to wait for a response, but then you're good to go. You're registered in California. You don't have to re-register again. So there's a pretty significant update in the world of sales tax for entrepreneurs and for any sales it used to be, there used to be a physical presence rule. So if you did not have a physical presence in the state, but you were selling online, you didn't have to register or pay the sales tax. So for me and my business residing in California, I would have to automatically collect and pay sales tax. But if I was selling a, say there was a customer that was living in Nevada and they purchased something from me, I would not have to register in that state and pay sales tax because I don't physically reside there. I have done some traveling shows. So when I have exhibited in person outside of California, because every year I do a convention in Texas, RTX, I am selling in that state. So I have had to register with Texas and pay sales tax for the state of Texas. But in 2018, the longstanding physical presence rule was overruled by the Supreme Court in the case of South Dakota versus Wayfair. Wayfair Inc. is a large company online, sell a ton of stuff. In any case, 
This ruling, this ruling allows states to require remote sellers to collect and remit sales tax, and each state gets to decide how they want to do it. So there's different criteria that you'd have to meet to achieve economic nexus in that state, and that's just another word for saying that you would have to register and pay sales tax. And each state, like I said, can decide what they want to do. It could just be a lot of the time it's a a number, say $100,000 in sales, and that would require in that state to pay sales tax. Or it could be that the amount of sales, so the actual number of transactions you've had in that, the actual number of transactions you had, and I believe it's 200. So if you exceed 200 in a year, you're required to pay and collect sales tax. But what I found out this year, thinking that I only qualified to meet the nexus for California and Texas because my physical residence in California and when I exhibit in Texas, because of this switcheroo and the new rules, I found out that in Kansas, I also qualify for the nexus. So that means this year I have to register in the state of Kansas and their specific rule is any transaction whatsoever. You got me, Kansas. You got me. So flashback a little bit to when I first started the store and was figuring out what to do about sales tax. Again, I'm not a CPA. I'm not a tax professional. I'm really bad at math. And fortunately, Shopify makes it pretty easy to go in and set up your sales tax requirements so you can decide how you want the taxes to be collected. So if you're a Shopify store owner, you use Shopify as your website and selling platform. You can go into the settings and you can make sure all your tax information is correct. I'm not going to go over exactly how to do that or where you should go because it's going to be different for everybody deciding how you want those taxes to be taken out. Because I work with a dropship company a lot, basically all of my products at the beginning were drop shipped through Printful and now I have some more physical products, but I'm still working with Printful that I've set it up with Printful that they are collecting taxes when they need to. So the business is responsible for paying the taxes at the end of the year. What you could potentially do is charge a flat rate for your products from your customers and include the taxes. So there's an argument to be made for customers seeing a flat price. And when they look at a t-shirt that costs $25, when they get to their cart and they go to check out, it's still $25. They don't have the added on tax. But on your end, as the seller, you would have factored that in knowing that you have to pay taxes at the end of the year. Personally, I don't do that because that gets a little tricky when you have different tax rates for different places. And there even is a local tax within each city in California. So it's not just that I have to pay California sales tax. I have to pay locally if they determine their local rates at that level. To me personally, that just gets too confusing and I don't want to end up owing a lot more than I took in at the end of the year. So my advice and what I do is just to charge sales tax when it's appropriate and set it up through Shopify or whatever your sales platform is to make sure that you're collecting the right amount. My other strong piece of advice, which is what I do still today and what I found out in the first year of selling The first year I started selling, I started in April and I went all the way through the year. And then at the end of the year, I 
knew that I would have to pay the sales tax somehow that I had been collecting, but I had never done it before and didn't know what to do and was kind of freaking out about it. So I researched online how to do this and it seemed fairly simple. It seemed like math and I hate math, but something I could potentially figure out. So I spent an entire, I think, weekend looking up all of the things that I was supposed to do. And then I got down to filling out my tax forms and you can actually call your tax officials in your state and ask them for help. And this is what I ended up doing, but it was still frustrating because I didn't know what I was asking, what I was talking about. And at the end of that call, I thought I had it. And I went through and tried, tried to plug in all my numbers when I was filing my taxes, filing my taxes online and it wasn't adding up and I didn't know what I was doing wrong. And Finally, I went back to the drawing board and discovered that through Shopify, they have all these apps that you connect to your store. And there's a app called Taxstar that has definitely saved my life and I can't recommend it enough. Some people will tell you, and rightly so, that it's too much money when you can figure it out yourself, but some people are not me and I don't want to spend the time doing this. And I don't have anyone on my team that would it's basically just me. So if I had someone that had the time to figure this out that I trusted, that would be one thing, but I don't have that. So it costs $19 a month to have this app running and have this service. And you just connect to your Shopify and it collects all of that data for you, all the sales tax that you've been charging through Shopify. That's figured out that formula for that state, wherever the customer is located. And then you have your app with Taxstar connected and that could that calculates all of your numbers and breaks it down in a nice little form and tells you it has all the sections of where you need to plug that in when you're filing your taxes online. It even tells you what they expect that you should be paying. And if it's not right on the money, it's really close. So with that service, I feel a lot more assured that I'm not making some crucial mistake that's going to cripple me or my business because I don't know what I'm doing or because I added something wrong, which is highly likely. And I recommend this again, because presumably if you're running your store, you have a lot of jobs. If you're a small business entrepreneur, you have a lot to do. And if that is not your forte, you don't want to spend your time figuring that out if you don't have to. And unless you're really savvy and you're on a really tight budget and you want to figure it out, you can save yourself the $19 a month. But for me, it's worth it to not have to worry about it and know that everything's going to be in order. They also have an option where you can auto file, which is a little bit more money, but I, I haven't done that quite yet. I try to just remember to file in California. You have to file before the end of January. So I have already done that for California. I still need to do Texas, Texas for some reason I had it set it up quarterly, so I pay that quarterly, but I think I'm going to switch to annually so I can do it all in one, one swoop. And I have to register in Kansas. Fortunately, I only made a couple of sales. Well, not fortunately. Anybody's in, that's in Kansas, where are you at? I want you to be my customers too. However, it was a low number of transactions. Of course, as I explained through their specific thresholds, any sales counts as you need to register with them. So I've gone through the process of registering my business so that they know I'm collecting sales tax and I will have to include that in my my state nexus at the end of the year. Just a little side note, I'm in no way at this time affiliated with TaxJar, um, but I am promoting it heavily just because I legit use it and it works for me. If they want to 
sponsor me or have me be an affiliate in the future, I'm totally down. But at this time, full disclosure, I'm not, I just use the product and it makes things really simple for me, especially because I use Shopify and Printful and all these kind of automated services. And I have a full-time job. This allows me to let this business kind of run a little bit in the background when I'm not able to babysit it. I didn't get into taxes your business taxes as a freelancer, a, a sole proprietor, which is what I am. I do not have an LLC, so I cannot give any advice or stories about that at this time. I am a sole proprietor um, and I file with a 1099 and I have write-offs and I work with a CPA to do that. And I haven't quite finished those taxes yet. I might do an episode or at least just an update in the future. It depends on how much information I have to share with you on that. That might be helpful. But this is just the sales tax portion, which is separate. Another thing to note is that you will want to keep in mind that you have to pay that sales tax at the end of the year. So you're collecting it throughout the year. It's going into your account. You don't want to blow it all investing back in your business or buying other merch or just spend it as your salary without considering that you're going to have to pay that at the end of the year. This year for California alone, I had to pay $450 and last year I paid something around $750. So if you don't have that banked, if you didn't earmark it, you're going to come up short and that's going to really hurt, especially at the beginning of the year, which is notoriously low sales because everybody's kind of tapped out from the holidays and just starting the year. So January is a really slow month for most retailers, myself included. So you don't want to find yourself in a situation where you have to pay out of pocket. That's not money generated, generated from your business, or you just don't have the money to pay the taxes. What you could do is set aside that money. If you want to be on top of every sale and know how much you've collected and put that into an account and just make sure that that's off limits. So you can't buy supplies or equipment or invest back with that money and it's just sitting there. You know that that's going to go towards your taxes. I find that a little bit tedious. I just know that I need to keep that in mind. This may become more important when you're doing more frequent sales, but at this time with the Shopify and Techstar app, it has been, it's worked out okay. And just as a side note, I try to operate my business in the green or at least the breaking even point to where everything's paying for itself. And that's kind of how I can keep running this business. I've been pretty open in the past that it's not generating enough income for me to not have a day job or that this to be my sole income. So at the very least it has to pay for itself and it certainly has to pay for the taxes that it's taking in and that will need to be collected at the end of the year. I also recommend being as educated as possible. I did a lot of research when I was signing up for tax jar. I did a lot of research when I was trying to figure out how to pay these taxes myself. I did a lot of research when I exhibited in the UK and needed to find out what I was liable for in paying tax sales tax over there and collecting. Turns out, at least at the time, you had to make over a hundred thousand in sales to have to collect taxes and pay taxes in the the in the UK. So I was in the clear, but let me tell you, it took a lot of research and consulting to get that yes answer. So I didn't get myself in trouble. So just in any business and when you're collecting money and you have customers and you have things that you're liable for, do as much research as you can. I know it can be easy to think it's just a little business or a little 
Shopify store, a little Etsy store, or you're just selling at conventions and it's not that big a deal, but you want it to be a big deal and you want it to be, you want it to grow into more business. All the advice that I always hear and read about is that you want to be operating as close to as business as possible. And you just never know, um, just because you're working in smaller amounts or smaller, you're smaller on the radar. It doesn't mean you're not liable for these things. In the time that we're sitting down to chat about this via this podcast episode, I've in nowhere I've in no way covered everything and I couldn't if I tried because I'm not an expert, but just giving you kind of my basic experience in the three, in the three years I've been doing this and how I've been able to kind of automate things in my business so that I don't, so I know that I'm not doing things incorrectly that will really hurt me in the long run. And it's worth noting that these tax laws are changing all the time every year new policies are put into place, just like that South Dakota versus Wayfair case that happened in 2018. That was a big shakeup, but these things are happening all the time. So it would benefit you to keep yourself updated when you're running a business like this, have your back and you don't want to get sued or audited or owe the state a bunch of money. If you're listening to this podcast and you are an artist or an entrepreneur, chances are you have a small business and any kind of ding in that way would be a huge derail to the progress and success that you want to make as an entrepreneur with your passion and your products and selling your art or whatever it is. Just briefly, I'm going to touch on selling in person. So when I sell in person on my Shopify app in the backend admin area, I always update my location so it knows where I'm selling. So when I'm in Austin, Texas, I tell it I'm selling in Austin, Texas, so it knows that it's charging those sales tax. So when I'm making credit card sales, I am charging tax. So if you've ever wondered wondered buying from me or another patron at a convention, when you're doing the credit card purchase, you're going to be charged sales tax because they have to pay sales tax. There's a... a Minor adjustment when I'm taking cash sales for me at a busy convention, when you're dealing with a lot of money, it's a lot easier to take bills than to carry change. If I were to charge specific tax, I would have to say, if I wanted to charge say $20 for a shirt and calculate the sales tax, it would be some number with change. And I don't want to carry a bunch of coin at a convention because it's a lot more difficult for me to carry. It's difficult for me to keep getting change and give people the exact change. And it's more difficult for the customer to have to carry around coin. Most people don't. So they're almost always going to hand you a bill, a 20 or a one. And I, I don't want to worry about the coin. So what I'll do is charge a flat fee and then I will, that's kind of the only time that I bake the sales into that price and just note the sales tax on top of all of the cash sales. And that doesn't account for the bulk of my transactions. Most of them are credit card and most of them are online sales through my store when you're talking about the year as a whole. So that's kind of the only like loophole or that's the only exception that comes with the whole online store selling versus in person and dealing with sales tax. Okay, man, that that was a lot of information. If you need more information, I suggest, again, reaching out to a tax professional to help you out. I can only share so much of what I've been through, but hopefully that gets people started if they are haven't done this before or if they're still 
thinking about opening up a store, that's just something you'll have to consider. And if you have any tips for me or information that is pertinent that you've discovered with your online store or your small business regarding sales tax, please let me know because I'm always wanting to learn and do things better and more cost-effective and easier on myself. Okay. That is that for this week. Don't forget to join along with the drawing prompts. Leave me a review, send me a shout out, comment on the show notes, all of the things. Keep yourself updated on all my social media posts on all my various Instagram accounts, particularly the at Jess Kovic designs on Instagram, because that's where I'm sharing all of my artwork. All right. Until next week, stay liquid. That is a financial joke. I don't even know if that's a joke. That's just, you know, stay liquid however you want to. All right, guys, that's it. We'll talk next week. Thank you so much for listening to Confessions of the Creative Kind. If you'd like to see more of my work, you can visit my website at jesskovic.com. And if you're interested in snagging some of my design products, you can visit my online art boutique at sugarbunchcreative.com. You can find and connect with me on Twitter or Instagram at Jess underscore Kovic. And finally, if you like what you hear on the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and review in the iTunes store and then tell a friend. Why not? Until next time, take care and talk soon.